Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Springfield. Hello and welcome to Him and I on Springfield. My name's John. Uh, my name's Mike. And today we're going to be discussing episode three, which is the one that comes after episode two, which is what we did last week. Um, and it's called Homer's Odyssey. So the IMDb uh, synopsis for this was, after losing his job, Homer contemplates ending it all until he discovers a new life path as a safety advocate. What a thing, eh? I'd just like to say that the, the IMDb synopsi, synopsi, synopsis, <laughs> you can uh, do it. Synop, synopsis. You can't do it. What is it? <laughs> yeah, it is synopsis. Synopsis, there we go. Right, so the IMDb synopsis, uh, they're actually pretty good. They're all short. They're all pretty pretty succinct. Um, and yeah, I haven't had any issues so far with the three that we've had. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, short and succinct, unlike this podcast. Let's crack on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like this episode, I said this last week, it feels like a proper episode now. And I, I did say about the last one, but there's so much absurd humour in this one and so much random schizophrenic kind of chaos that you're like, yeah, that's The Simpsons. It's, I mean, I was amazed at how, compared to the last two episodes, I mean, the last two, they they had a, you know, a good solid script. They had a nice storyline. But this one just rattled through at a pace that was, I mean, Homer loses his job within the first couple of minutes he contemplates suicide and you know nearly does it by a couple like a few minutes after that yeah and then ah, it's just one of those that you just you they crammed so much into a 20 minute episode it was quite ridiculous it's pretty insensitive really how crazy it is i, I kind of feel i don't i don't think you'd do that in a show these days i don't think you'd show somebody like contemplating suicide and then just completely forgetting about it the next minute it's just very very odd and um pretty offensive really it's, yeah I, it's um there's a word that i'm looking for and it's never good on a podcast to forget <laughs> the word that you're looking for you keep talking i'm gonna i'm gonna chip in when i uh when i remember the word brilliant okay <laughs> well i mean we can we can start looking at the intro i mean the intro is same as the one last week right no, yeah, same intro sequence. Same. Yeah. Oh, with, uh, I always find it weird in the early episodes. The, the rest of the intro is exactly the same, with the exception of the kind of the, you know, the home, uh, Bart isn't driving uh, skateboarding past the group of people waiting at the bus stop. Bart isn't driving a skateboarding. Love it. Oh, gosh, it's going well so far, isn't it? <laughs> so what I was going to say is that I find it interesting that given that with the exception of Bart's skateboarding, that kind of little midsection bit, the rest of it pretty much remains identical. But they changed the opening, the Simpsons coming through the clouds. That like changes quite dramatically in this from these early episodes to the later episodes. You know, we're, we're watching it evolve week by week at the moment, which is quite an interesting thing to do because I think every time I've ever watched The Simpsons in the past, there's been no linear order to it because it doesn't really have a progression. There's a, there's a few things that happen in The Simpsons over time that are, you know, irreversible, like when Maud Flanders dies. Um, Spoiler alert, dude. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. No one's going to listen to like... 10 seasons of this before getting to the juicy stuff but um it's yeah i mean some things are irreversible but ultimately you can watch it in whatever order you want i mean we we know these are the early episodes but i think when i first saw them i didn't really acknowledge that to begin with i think you know the animation didn't look so rubbish back in the day because it was um you know, it wasn't that far removed from what I'd seen as the first few episodes I'd seen, which were probably, you know, seasons two or three. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I love how much time we spend discussing just the opening intro sequence. <laughs> I haven't even finished yet. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> did you notice the uh, fingers down the chalkboard noise this week? I did. I did. But only because while we were watching the second time round, we actually rewound and played it back. So... It, it wasn't something that I was massively aware of, but you are, it's fair to say you are much more an audio guy than I am. Um, <laughs> I'm just more sensitive than you, really. That's the thing. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, I mean, the other thing I was going to say about the intro was that the, um, the lines that Bart's writing on the board, 
they're a bit basic at the moment, aren't they? It's like, I will not skateboard in the halls. I do enjoy the irony of that, though. The next thing he does after he has written that on the blackboard <laughs> is skateboard through the halls. I, I enjoyed that. That was a nice yeah. touch for me. But it's, no, you're it's right. A good, um, it's a good intro to Bart, and they're still kind of establishing him as a cultural being, I suppose. But I think it's the same with the couch gag. It, you know, I think the, the first two are, what can we do with a couch and five people trying to squeeze onto it? Oh, well, either Bart can fly off and land in front of the TV, or the couch can break apart. And yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> looking forward to when, uh, you know, they kind of think outside the box a little bit. <laughs> yeah. When does it get a little bit more wacky and a little bit more <laughs> um, inventive? Well, much like um, trying to come up with ideas for the feature segment of this show, it probably does get quite challenging after a while. But um, yeah, I mean, with the couch gag as well, I, I noticed there's a little mouse hole in the wall, which I'd never seen before this time around. Makes me wonder if they were trying to kind of paint the picture of them not being that well off in the couch. Was it a conventional, a conventional Tom and Jerry mouse hole? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because they've, they've got snowball in it, haven't they? She, the, Snowball the cat's two, in yeah. the first, yeah. the first episode. Yeah, Snowball two. Sorry, mm. rest in peace, Snowball one. Yeah, pour one out for Snowball one. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in, in uh, talking about sort of the the you sort of mentioned about the order that things were done and stuff like that. I just one of the things I discovered while I was doing a bit of research about this show was this was actually the first script, or allegedly, according to IMDb trivia, the first script that was completed for the show. Interesting, and I found that. Yeah, I found that really quite interesting. So, so the fact that it was the first script to be completed, but this, to me, this feels like the first script out of the three. We've granted we've only watched three episodes so far, but this one mm. feels like the one that that is more consistent with the number of gags that you come to expect from a Simpsons episode and the kind of the, the sense of humour. There's, I mean, we touched on the sort of the whole suicide thing. They're they're making light of something that's really quite serious. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the things I noted down was that the the elderly couple are sitting there watching Homer take, and you know, one of them says, "Maybe he's oh, you know, oh, looks like Homer Simpson's going to go kill himself." Yeah, well, maybe he's just taking his boulder for a walk, and they start laughing. It's like, it's wow. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a lot more of the kind of absurdist humor that we've come to expect from from the Simpsons, and and you're right, it feels much more evolved than those first two episodes but i guess in a way it makes sense in that if you went straight in with this you'd probably lose some of the audience that isn't used to that kind of thing because it was pretty i'm not gonna say groundbreaking in its humor but it was it was kind of unexpected that a cartoon especially would do that but i think you may they maybe thought they had to ease the audience in a little bit and introduce the characters a bit more softly before they could really show them being the absolute crazy bunch of lunatics that they end up you know homer especially so we've kind of jumped ahead a little bit to the whole suicide thing um so let's backtrack right to the very beginning uh i was particularly pleased to see this is the first introduction of el barto graffiti yeah. uh, and there were no less than two different sightings of el barto graffiti and also the uh, the picture that did the rounds when they were yeah. in city hall whatever it's called yeah the town hall uh, that that I enjoyed that, and uh, it 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 that made me question because I always was under the impression that Bart was El Barto. Well, he is, isn't he? So who's this? I mean, I I don't know because he doesn't. I thought in later episodes it was kind of made clear that Bart was El Barto, and in this one there is no kind of indication that he is when he sees. I don't know. It was one of those where I felt like it was a bit. It was ambiguous because he, yeah. he just looks at the picture and just goes cool. cool. Yeah. But maybe he's just glad that he is being depicted as this, yeah. uh, in his mind, a cool-looking... Outlaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good good word. Thanks, mate. Um, no, that is it's a nice touch. I mean, I think... We, we touched on this, I think, last week, that Bart becomes more of a kid, like, as the shows go on. He's, he's less of that, like, alpha male in school. I mean, he's still a troublemaker, obviously, but he's not, like, the worst. He's not a... Um, a Jimbo or a Kearney or a, a Nelson even, you know. He's a class clown. That's yeah. And that's like, I, I love the fact that this is the first episode for me where I feel like they have established Bart is, he's not one of the intelligent kids. And because he's not intelligent, he looks for another way to get attention. And it's by being the guy who gets other people to laugh. 
And yeah. he's that's I yeah, I think in the there are a lot of episodes where Bart gets into fairly serious trouble at some <laughs> points. Um but this one for me was the one where I kind of felt like yeah, this is this is what I expect from Bart. He's he's doing the whole and I was that man lost my arm with the <laughs> yeah. bus thing and and yeah, he's an entertainer. Yeah, and like and all credit to him when he gets told to sing a song in front of the class, he commits. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, he gives it his all, and like all credit to him for that. And I love the fact that even though he was you know seemingly uh, not looking forward to having that punishment, even when he was uh, dished it out, he like I say he committed. He gave it yeah. his all, and and that I that was inspiring. I think. Yeah, big time. I mean, like, I think that's that's one of the things that certainly I I've learned in my life. I think this is this is getting fairly deep now, but it's better to just own a situation than to rail against it. Sometimes, you know, just revel in the absurdity of whatever's happening and just go with it. Bart kind of learns that quite quickly in that he's like, oh, there's a bad thing happening. Well, might as well make the most of it because it isn't going to get any better. You know, I think that's quite a, it's quite a grown up attitude in a strange sort of way. I think it, it's, it doesn't come across that way because he is a bit of a troublemaker. He's a bit of a, a clown, as you say. And, that's kind of natural to those kind of people, but to, uh, I guess, to introverts, it's not a natural thing. And um, yeah, I think Bart is a bit of a, a bit of a role model in that that respect in that you can be a bit of a screw up, you know, and, and still be fairly successful or like be happy. I think that's the main thing to come out of it. Learn to make the most of every situation, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah. God, this got this got deep quick, didn't it? <laughs> it's because we've had a few beers, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, like there's a there's a lot of character introductions in this show as well, which I really like. So, first time we see Otto as well. Amazing. Otto's so happy about amazing that. character. Yeah. He's he's a bit basic in this one. He doesn't get a lot of lines. He's just the stoner who drives the bus. But it does kind of give you that intro to the types of character that they're trying to build in the show and they're not just going with the the typical ones they're going with the the dregs of the society as well which is pretty cool i think i love the fact that they're kind of the the characters they sort of the new characters that keep getting introduced and we're going to see more of that as the episodes go on but they they all fill a void in the show and i think now that they're kind of establishing bart as more as the class clown i reckon it's not going to be long before they go well we need we need nelson we need the bully we need an actual bully um, yeah, and and yeah, like you said, you know, Otto, they they wanted like the stoner character, and they wanted Wendell, who this is his first introduction <laughs> of Wendell, and he's this like weak little kid who throws up on the bus. There was always one, wasn't there? Exactly. At school, I was that kid. <laughs> you were Wendell. <laughs> Amazing. I wasn't oh. that bad. <laughs> um, the whole town becomes made up of people you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherry and Terry as well, they, you know, we, we all knew annoying girls like that at primary school who just, like, tease the hell out of you. I mean, I, I did write in my notes, Sherry and Terry equal bitches. Yeah, I put dicks. <laughs> that being said, I've got to say, like, I, I do actually quite like the fact that the the approach that they took to getting Bart to make a noise was to kiss him. Yeah. And I thought that was actually quite sweet. They could have done quite a lot of stuff and they, you know, they, they could be seen to be, uh, they, they weren't being malicious. They were just being 10 year old girls. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with you there. I think that's pretty malicious from a, uh, the point of view of a 10 year old girl, you know, because they know he's not going to enjoy it. No, it's true. So, um, it's true. But yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's, it's a kind of nice moment in a way, just because it's, um, it's so anti Bart, isn't it? Well, it's, but it's, I think that, sorry, you go on. I was going to say, it's, it's the innocence of youth kind of thing, isn't it? It's that to them, the worst thing they could do to Bart at that moment to get him to make a noise. And obviously it works, was to kiss him. It's like, yeah. it's just, yeah, 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 it's kind of sweet in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're on the bus and they go to the, the power plant, right, for a school trip. And um, they go past the uh, the Springfield tyre yard and uh, prison that they uh, they visited last time around. <laughs> um, it's it's a very weird sequence that because it, it feels very like a proper kids cartoon because like everybody that go past is waving at them you know it's like ding 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 you know it's that kind of like happy sequence it's it's a bit out of keeping really with the show generally well as I said to you while we were watching I wonder whether it's like parodying some sort of American cartoon or show or something where it's it is very everybody the, the the car drives past or the bus drives past everyone's waving at each other and it's all quite happy and and joyful and they're they're almost sort of taking the piss a little bit 
Yeah, big time. But I mean, we, we see that so much in The Simpsons. They they point to American culture. You know, I mean, like, this kind of goes back to our conversation about whether it's set in the real universe and stuff. They, they're they pointing at things that existed in the real world, you know, and, and like making fun of them. It's it's satirical. It's very pointed. And you get that again when they're in the power station and they show the kind of propaganda marketing video that they get fed like the um, uranium rods, like boiling themselves alive and then them sweeping the waste under the carpet. Smiling Joe fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It's very well done. I think it's fair to say that in later series, Troy McClure would have been presenting that. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Troy McClure. I'm jonesing for a bit of Troy McClure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, they play up to that. You know, you have those those things that are instantly recognisable as just part of modern life or as was at this point, just to, to get people to empathise with the characters, I guess. But also it shows that The Simpsons was very clever right from the start. It wasn't a big dumb show. It was these writers had seen everything come and go and, and just making fun of it. And I think that's that's why so many people love The Simpsons is that it just dissects everything they've come to, to know and understand and gives them a bit of a shake and says, hey, look what you're doing. It's ridiculous. It's great that they continually point out the humour and, like you said, the everyday absurdity. It, I, I mean, I, I, I'll admit I haven't watched many of the late, like the really later series or sort of series 25 plus kind of stuff. It's time yet, Mike, when oh, we're, no, we're, we're 60 and we're still doing this. <laughs> like episode 500 and whatever. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing whether the pop culture references are as relevant or whether they're still referring to the same pop culture references they were referring to back in the early series or, the, you know, the golden era of The Simpsons, how the, how the pop culture references evolve over time, particularly when The Simpsons don't grow up. You know, they're stuck in this, whatever this time period is, you know, do yeah. they do they suddenly get mobile phones and stuff like that? How does it work? Yeah, it certainly it certainly evolves, but some of it does stay the same. I mean, I, again, I've not seen that many of the later episodes as well. We're purists, that's why, John. Yeah, we love the uh, yeah the, the, the golden oldies. Yeah. Um, I was reading something this week actually, just at random. I wasn't looking for Simpsons trivia, but I read these this list of things that you may or may not have known about The Simpsons. And one of them was that Lisa has two eighth birthdays in different episodes of the show, which is <laughs> it's quite quite weird. I'm, I'm not sure if they just forgot or if they did it on purpose. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to do it on purpose, but they, they play up to the absurdity of it all. And, and that's what I love about The Simpsons. I think that's probably my biggest love for this show is that they know what they're doing. You know, like anything that you think is a bit weird is probably done on purpose maybe not in these very early episodes but well i think I, with anything animated i mean it's the same as things like you know pixar films and stuff like that the, the, the difference between an animated film or tv show and a live action one is that nothing happens by accident because every frame is hand drawn or computer generated or whatever it is every every bit of direction i mean in, in a live action film or tv show the actor could change their mind and say something different there's just that flexibility that you have with real people and i get you know yeah. you can still have the uh the voice actors saying something different to the script and but they still have to animate it and decide that that's the best thing to do so it's i think there's far fewer accidental things like i, I agree with you i think i think they know exactly what they're doing and everything that you look at and you think oh i wonder whether they knew that they'd put that there yeah they knew of course they knew yeah it's fantastic and it's so clever and it had no right to be, you know, there was nothing that clever, especially in an animated sense in, what, 1990. You know, it's it's crazy to think back. So we're talking about the first introductions of characters. Uh, we've had Otto and Wendell and the tie yard. We also had, I was very happy to see the first appearance of Blinky, the three-eyed fish. Yeah, Blinky, nice. Uh, Chief Wiggum. Yeah. Jasper. Jasper, yeah, he's in the courtroom. He's in the courtroom, courtroom isn't yeah. He? yeah. Uh, Duff Beer, this is the first introduction of Duff Beer. Different branding, though. It's slightly different branding, and there's no Duff Man, which is upsetting, but, you know, we'll allow it. <laughs> um, but also, my favourite character, and probably one of my favourite characters, if not my favourite character out of the entire series, is Homer's Brain. <laughs> yeah. And there are going to be future episodes where I wax lyrical about Homer's brain and how much I love it. Um, and this one doesn't really do it justice. It's merely, it's, it's an inner monologue on this one. It's not really anything other than just, you know, his internal thoughts that they needed to to show. But I was really happy to see that, that his, and it's only, I, I can't recall that many times where another character's brain comes in that much. 
So yeah. I kind of like the fact that Homer's Brain, you know, was it was an early early edition. I think they do it with Marge a couple of times, but I can't think of any other ones. I mean, I'm sure they do it with Bart and Barney. Lisa, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they must do it with all of the characters at some point. But Homer's brain seems to be... I mean, I think we, we decided last week that Homer's basically the protagonist. He is kind of the main character out of the Simpsons family. Him and Bart are definitely sort of the standouts so far. And Homer, as the as the patriarch and everything, I think he is the primary character throughout the series. Um, so it makes sense for his brain to be the one that we see more of. But yeah, there's just there's just some absolute classic moments with Homer's brain later on in the series that I just love. <laughs> like, yeah. just I, my brain just every now and again just thinks about them and just I just start <laughs> laughing for no reason. Well, I think I that's maybe maybe why you remember it is because it isn't an inner monologue. You know, it's not something that somebody's saying. You know, if you could associate it with actions, then it's a bit different. But the only time you ever really see it is when you see Homer looking stupid, not moving his mouth. So it kind of gives it that real thought process feeling, obviously. Otherwise, it would be a complete failure. But it's its own character. And you alluded to this just now. It's not Homer. It's, it's like the inner workings of Homer, which manifest themselves as a completely different character. Yeah, and it's so easily distracted, and it's not dumb, but it's um... well, it's, it's more. It's definitely. I mean, his brain is definitely more intelligent than Homer is <laughs> most <laughs> yeah, of the exactly. time. <laughs> but, but that happens to all of us, doesn't it? Your brain will go, "Don't touch the plate. They've just told you it's hot." <laughs> and what do you do? Yeah, yeah, he's right. That plate is really hot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that. I just, I, I love that. I love that they, they had the forethought to, to, to put some stuff like that in it. That just, it's yeah. one of the things you don't get. You get it from a book, but you don't get it as much in a, in a TV series or a film or anything like that because you know you're not supposed to see on screen anything other than the external actions. So to have this, this internal thought process of particularly Homer, I just love the fact that they just included it it adds so much to some of the episodes and I really do think that some of the my favourite lines throughout the entire series come from Homer's brain. Yeah, that's definitely character introduction of the week for sure for me. Absolutely, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Another one as well is Smithers. I mean, we, we kind of saw him in the first episode, I think, in the background as yeah, well. Yeah, he was there like when, when Burns was doing his uh, Christmas announcement, he was there. Yeah, but this is his first kind of major sort of speaking role and you notice him because he's he looks a bit different, doesn't he? What we're trying to avoid saying is that Smithers is black in these early episodes. And at some point, he changes to being yellow or white, depending on which way they... I don't really know whether the yellow is white in their world. This is, kind of goes back to whether or not this is a an alternate reality where yellow is white. Ah, well, I've got another point on that, actually, before we get into Smithers properly. I was thinking about this. You were talking about the only character in the show that has five fingers is God, right? Yeah. So, God is Matt Groening, right? He's the creator. He's the creator of the show. So, I don't think that says anything other than that, you know, this comes from a human place. It is the same universe. If we're going to, just to counter that point with something that we flagged up last week. And I think this, me, bro. <laughs> this, this was one of those things I think to me it absolutely nails that, that The Simpsons is set in an altern- alternate reality. And that is that at one point Homer comes into our reality in one of the Christmas episodes as a 3D this character. The only way I'm going to agree that that might not necessarily mean anything is that they, as we've established in the Christmas episode, the Christmas episodes and the Halloween episodes are kind of separate from the rest of it. So it's whether or not we're taking that argument into play. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing you've got to remember is it's fiction as well. So, I mean, it's... Um, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, mate, but Dude, it's... Um, next thing you tell me, Santa's not real. Anyway, back to Smithers. Um, <laughs> he's a character that evolves a lot over the, the show as well. But, you know, essentially it's the same Smithers that we come to know a lot more about as uh, the seasons go on. But I think at this stage, you know, Mr. Burns is the boss and Smithers is his kind of sidekick. Um, but that kind of dynamic is is there to see right from the very start, which I think is pretty cool. 
I mean, I, I love Mr. Burns. I, he's what he is one of my favorite characters as well. And I just, this introduction to him, it's, I mean, we've said it with other characters, but they nailed it right from the start. He is just everything that, that you think about Mr. Burns. You know, he's, he actually says excellent in this episode. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is great. This is, this is classic Burns. And I think the only thing that kind of, you know, evolves a little bit with him over time is that they play up the more sort of senile, he gets more senile, he gets more frail. And I mean, I think at one point they actually establish he's over 100 years old or something. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those kind of great unknowns in The Simpsons, isn't it? Like yeah. how old he is. And he's just like, he's around in the First World War and he's around <laughs> exactly. in like, you know. It's it's one of those. I just, I, I, I never fail to smile when there's a scene with Mr. Burns in. Because he always yeah. says something, and he says something in this episode. That he says, I haven't seen anything like it since Jolson. Yeah. Well, it just shows how kind of out of touch he is. And I think yeah. that's that's very, very cleverly done. Because he's he becomes more, as you say, he becomes more senile as the years go on. I mean, in terms of the show, not in terms of Mr. Burns, because that would make him 150 or something. Wow. Um Yeah, I mean, he, he becomes more kind of frail and, and stupid in his... His outlook and Smithers kind of becomes his conduit for actually getting stuff done. Well, yeah, it becomes this kind of Burns has an idea and then Smithers kind of tweaks it to to make it something that's actually sensible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in this this early episode, you're right. They've they've nailed the character pretty much straight away, and I think that's um, that's reflected in the fact that they got the voice right, which is a really interesting point because apparently, I don't know whether you're about to say this, but I'm going to steal it. Apparently, this wasn't uh, a Burns voiced by Harry Shearer. It was actually voiced by another guy who did three other episodes where he voiced Burns. Yeah. Um, and that, I find that incredible because I listened to this and thought, oh, that's a classic Burns voice, classic Burns lines. And that means that the excellent from Mr. Burns that we all know <laughs> and love was actually the the, the intonation and, and delivery was was constructed by someone other than Harry Shearer and that's kind of blown my mind a little bit yeah no it makes you wonder whether that guy's getting uh, royalties every time <laughs> yeah. it's said <laughs> can you copyright the well, delivery of a line why not yeah um yeah I mean Mr Mr Burns is is quality and it, it's great to see him in a in a full, sort of more fully featured role um yeah big up Mr Burns I think this whole episode one of the things that just I mean we sort of touched on it before I was I was really for, for the other two episodes that we've watched I've made a list of the lines of dialogue that that made me laugh out loud and my yeah. my whole A4 page is just filled with quotes just there's so many lines there's just little things that I went oh that's good like I mean there's the whole maybe he's taking his boulder for a walk and yes it's dark but whether it's appropriate or not, it's still very in keeping with the sort of thing that the Simpsons, particularly back in this day, that they that they did. And you know, when Homer's doing his speech to all of the people uh, standing in front of the power plant, one of the first things he says is, "Unlike most of you, I am not a nut." <laughs> it's just, it's just what. Oh, it's great. And he's talking about the people in the power plant and saying that they're, they're all incompetent buffoons, and I worked alongside them. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just great. It's so, it's so Homer. Yeah, you know, maybe the irony isn't lost on the people he's talking to because, you know, like he, he freely admits that he causes more, more accidents than yeah. anybody else. If this was the first script that was actually completed, then I, I they nailed a number of gags in this one. Absolutely, yeah. Um, one of my favourite exchanges in the whole episode is the um, the first most Tavern prank call that Bart and Lisa <laughs> do. But again, with Mo, they they nailed the character like right from the start because he's he's man of the people, isn't he? <laughs> he's a, he's a real piece of work. I love the fact that they they. I mean, obviously they did the prank call and everything, but one of the things with Mo is that he's never given anybody a free drink before, and yeah. they, they've established that right from now. And when when Homer asks him why i've been a long-term <laughs> customer his response is because i don't think you're ever going to get another job like, yeah wow that's that is brutal reality like, from this way to tell it how it is man. yeah yeah, yeah. get some uh, get some lotion for that burn yeah <laughs> yeah and um when he when he kind of realizes that it's a prank and he's talking to the kids on the phone again he's like you're dead i'm gonna slice your heart in half it's like whoa dude he's just he's just brilliant I, I mean, it is another one of those where there's just these these characters who they came in fully formed. They knew exactly what they were doing, and that there was a gap where they went right. We need, you know, we need this character who 
who Homer's going to talk to was like a sort of a confidant in the bar and it's going to be the barman because that's kind of a bit of an American cliche. You know, it's a bit of a, a, a general cliche that people dump their feelings and their problems and stuff on onto the sorry bartender. Yeah. They just nailed who he is and, and what he does and his role in the show and everything. And I think I'm struck at how how many of these characters are so remarkably similar from where they started to where they are today. Yeah, I mean, we'll get onto that later on our kind of feature segment as well. But they... yeah, We need a theme tune for that. We need a little jingle. <laughs> Thanks, you've just given me more work to do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a few like other things. You know, we touched on it before, the, the whole... Homer's unemployed depression and suicide attempt is is really messed up, and it's like it gets so dark so quickly. And I think it's it's a bit. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he'd get away with it these days. I think it's just too close to the bone. Mm. It just kind of makes light of it a bit. And it's, it, I don't it, know it, if I like that about it. You know? It's quite an insensitive way to to deal with an issue that is as serious as suicide. I, it's one of those. I think. I think. I mean, comedy is always supposed to to be on the edge. And I think this yeah. is one of those jokes that, like you said, I think it, it might have worked back in 1990, but I just don't think it it works today. You watch it and you go, "Ooh, that's yeah, that's a bit." Uh, I mean, particularly yeah. with the old couple commenting on it, and I mean, I get that they're meant to be like sort of Stadler and Waldorf kind of, you know, poking yeah. fun kind of thing. I just just genuine, genuinely shocked at, at oh, how they just portrayed this kind of just depression. And I get that they needed to rush through it to get through to the main sort of issue of the of the show, which was Homer, you know, being the safety the safety guy and getting signs put up everywhere to to help protect people. One yeah. of those things. I just I think it's a sign of the times, and I think I think we have to Definitely. see it as such. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I think, you know, we, we can see it as being a setup for so many gags, like even just little things in this this particular episode, like when he's on the way out of the garden with his boulder, he stops to oil the gate, which, you know. And, and it made like, me laugh and I felt bad for laughing at it. <laughs> no, I think, I, I mean, that to me is a, a bit of a weird thing. And I'm going to mention this later, actually. But, yeah, you know, there's plenty of stuff and it sets up all the next bit of the narrative as well, as you say, with the safety focus and you know getting the stop sign put on the bridge where he's trying to kill himself um <laughs> it's, but, yeah. it's amazing how absurd it sounds when you say it out loud isn't it yeah exactly well i mean this is why i mention it and i think i mean the other good thing about that sequence that i really liked was the way they managed to get into the emotion of it and you know we were saying last week about the sequence where Bart and Homer are playing catch in the backyard and and I was like that made me quite emotional when I saw that last week and then this week when Homer's so sad and he's writing his note there's a photo on the fridge of him and Marge and they've they've edited it to make them look incredibly sad they've got these awful glum expressions on the face and it's really it's quite touching you know and um, another thing with that sequence is that when the family realise he's missing and they're running around the house trying to find him, the image behind the sofa in the living room, which I think is it's a boat, isn't it, in the yeah, later episodes. Really, yeah. But in this instance, it's a picture of Marge's face with a shocked expression on her face. And it's little things like that that, you know, they just didn't need to do. There's so much hidden depth to this show. Mm. And it's, it is absurd and it's extreme and a lot of the emotions are very on and off. You know, they're quite binary, especially in this episode where it's just like, hey, I lost my job, I'm going to kill myself. You know, it's like, it's a bit messed up, but there's a lot of emotions within the show that a lot of us have, have felt before, you know, whether that's love or it's depression or it's happiness or whatever it is. I think it really is human. I think, I think that's, I mean, so we've, again, we've only watched three episodes but in each one we've watched, there's always been one moment where you forget that you're watching an animated show. You forget that you're watching a comedy. You watch a family interacting with each other, you know, whether it's Homer and, and Bart as in the first two episodes or the whole family together as in this one. And you, you just are genuinely touched by how you can't help but sympathise and empathise and just feel like you said, emotional, like it, it gets you. And, and this is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a 20 minute cartoon featuring yellow people with big overbites. Yeah. And you're watching it and you're going, and it's, that's, that's incredible to get that. And it is, it's normally just one, one moment, one kind of brief 
touching moment that just takes you out of what you're watching. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. they just have this incredible ability to throw you straight back into the absurdity. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, within within seconds of Homer nearly killing himself and then the whole being rescued by his family and him saving them. And let's not discuss how the whole physics of this show works because there's something <laughs> weird's going on with that boulder. Oh, you're not going to get back into the bloody universe theory, <laughs> are you? We'll leave that for now. I'm sure we're going to revisit that <laughs> in a future episode. But within within seconds after all of that that thing happened, Homer's then suddenly decided to become a safety advocate, and he's getting signs put up everywhere. And it kind of just goes straight back into the absurdity. And I think I think without those kind of really touching moments, the absurd moments wouldn't be as funny because it's the contrast that makes it work. Yeah. Even the bit where Homer's writing his note and he says. <laughs> What does he say? It's the words from his father. He says, I'll leave you with the words from my father. Stand tall, have courage, and never give up. It's great. He goes to throw himself off a bridge. I I like with that sequence that he's also writing his suicide note on a a pad that says, dumb things i got to do today. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's just... It's it's that like you know he's writing a suicide note and you managed to, they managed to get like whether whether or not we agree that it's you shouldn't necessarily be able to get away with that today it, it's not it's not necessarily an appropriate thing to make light of in this way but yeah you've got to still look at it and go they've managed to to get some nice little bits of humour in something that is actually incredibly dark and incredibly serious and yeah yeah that's that's clever writing. So just just to wrap up the the plot a bit, I think. So Homer goes to to throw himself off a bridge with this boulder because he's miserable about you know letting the family down, um, and al- almost gets run over by a car, and then the family almost get run over by a car as well, and so he be- decides to become a a safety campaigner and and to you know really have a purpose in life, which is fantastic. But it all kind of culminates in in him getting his job. Well, not just getting his job back at the power plant, but getting the job that he eventually ends up with, which is safety inspector. Which obviously is fairly ironic, being that Homer's the clumsiest, least safe human being in the show. Well, as he said, you know, most of the accidents that happen in the uh, power plant are caused by him, including some doozies that no one ever found out yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how they they evolved him into his final role quickly, you know, and it does kind of set up the show to allow him to be so lazy for the rest of it, you know, like, because he's, he's a kind of technician to begin with, he's got to go around and do stuff. Yeah, he's sat on a little buggy in donuts to begin with, but he just ends up in his own office, essentially doing nothing all day and sleeping. <laughs> and they wouldn't have been able to do that without this this setup, you know? I think I think it's uh, it, it's again it's it's just really clever writing. Yeah. So so there we go. I mean I think that kind of that's pretty much the episode, isn't it? So what have your what's been your highlight and your low light of this uh, this episode? I think my highlight are just the great gags in there. I think probably the one that I loved the most was part of Homer's brain speaking, which where he just gets so distracted so quickly, <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, this guy's got the cleanest shirt I've ever seen." It's like. What? It's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's great, isn't it? That I think that made me laugh more than anything else in this episode. Um, how about a low light? Uh, do we say low light I, or do we say low point? I was thinking about this last week. Your uh, your brain is an interesting place, yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with low light. I like low light. It's, okay, it sounds cool. better than uh, low, low point. point. Yeah. Um, although, ironically, it kind of is a low point for Homer is my low Low light. I think, as I say, the whole depression, suicide bit, I think is just a bit, I don't know, it doesn't sit that well with me. It it does serve a purpose and it's moved on from quite quickly, but I I don't know. I, I just don't think you should use that kind of thing so lightly. And it, it's, it's very schizophrenic and it gets away with it because the entire of The Simpsons is schizophrenic. But yeah, for me, it's just a bit... It's a bit much, really, especially for like episode three or episode one, if it was meant to be that. I think there are there are other things they could have done to put Homer in the same situation that you didn't need to go down the suicide route. Um, yeah, definitely. And and you know, I'm an aspiring writer. I get that the you want to go sort of to extremes. You know, that's to, how you draw mm. the most conflict from situations and stuff like that. But I think that this, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's just a bit of a. 
it's a bit of a misstep and a bit a bit insensitive but i do wonder how much of that is simply a sign of the times whether if we'd have watched this in january 1990 where it just you know maybe people just talk about that issue more now so we know it's a bigger issue possibly yeah i mean i think the other thing that um struck me about that was in the lead up to that sequence homer can't get a drink at the bar Right, and when he's he's at home, he's looking for a beer, but he can't find one. The TV advert says, "Hey, are you unemployed, bored, sober?" I think what it might be pointing to is that they couldn't, at that point, show him abusing alcohol. Maybe, yeah. And the way they've got around that is by pushing it into a more depression, suicide kind of um, storyline, which is a crazy thing to think about, but. In terms of censorship in America at that point, it's quite likely that that would have had more of a backlash, like the alcoholism bit, than a suicide storyline. I don't know, it's just a, a crazy theory I had. Well, if you are one of the two American listeners that we have, if you could send <laughs> us an email to... Yep, him and I... At, no, what is it? Him <laughs> and I on Springfield. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Him and I at... F*** me. <laughs> oh my god that's great right do let me again. try do this again. again okay to him and i on springfield at gmail.com if you've got any uh insight for us we'll be happy to hear it and we'll uh yeah shout you out on the show as well so mike what were your highlights of this episode or highlight it's really difficult because there are so many great lines of dialogue that I liked. I know we said it in the last one, but the last one kind of felt like um, that was the first sort of proper Simpsons episode. I could have watched this one amidst series three, four, whatever, and wouldn't have thought it was out of place. Whereas I feel like with the other two we've watched so far, I'd be able to tell that it was an early episode. Yeah. And there's still stuff in this one that you kind of go, the animation is still a little bit ropey. But for me, I think the low, the low point, I'm going to jump to the low point and then come back to the high point. But the, the low light... Um, it's Marge again. Really? Because she's just, I mean, she's shes shown to be kind of a loving wife and everything, but she just doesn't sit as as the Marge that I want her to be yet. And, and I'm kind of, I think the more episodes that gone where I feel like she's not getting that opportunity to shine, the, the she's just going to keep being that low point for me because I'm kind of so, so... Uh, tuned into it now that it's really difficult for me to to see that she's not there yet. Um, yeah, it's it's not the character herself, is it? It's more the fact that she's glossed over. Yeah, she, she's you know she's a major part of this of this family. You know, she should be. I mean, we've we've established that Homer and Bart are probably the main sort of characters, but she just doesn't really have anything to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not her as a as a person. I guess it's just the writing. It just isn't, it isn't there for me for her yet. Um, but I do know that the next episode does feature her and Lisa separate to Homer and Bart and they kind of go off on two different sort of adventures. So I'm hoping yeah. that in the next episode, I might change my, my low <laughs> point. Um, but it's It'd only good because it's, it's starting to sound a bit like a broken record. Yeah. I, and the thing is, is I don't, I don't, I think the problem is, is that in this episode, there's just nothing else that I really, I mean, other than the suicide thing, there's not a lot else that I thought, you know what, that I felt like that was, that didn't make me laugh or that was a misstep or yeah. everything else. Yeah, I just yeah, thought, yeah. you know what, this is, this is almost as good as it gets as far as early, like really early Simpsons goes. You've got so many introductions of so many classic characters, so many classic bits of dialogue. And it's just, yeah, just all of that stuff. You just kind of go, this is, this is great. I mean, the only other thing I could say was kind of a low point, which is again, it's kind of Homer, Homer stealing from Bart's piggy bank. Oh yeah, that's that's dark, isn't it? But I mean, as, I think that does. Uh, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, how does Homer go from being just a bit miserable to being like fully suicidal? I think if you did that, you would you would feel so crap, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd just be like, my God, what have I done? Yeah, this is this is how low I have sunk, sunk, sank. <laughs> Sonk. <laughs> this is a lot of sonk. Yeah. So yeah. So what about what about oh, your highlight oh, then? Oh, it's so difficult. There's so many bits. I think for me, it was a classic Maggie bit, and this is something that Maggie does quite frequently. Um, it's when she pokes Homer in the eye. 
because yeah i love that i love it. i love the sound it makes i love the fact that the vision goes a bit blurry with it and it's just yeah it it cracked me up and like it just ah uh, there's something so maggy about it she does that quite a few times with various different characters and i just again i just love the fact that they just put this in so early and it clearly was such a hit that they just kept coming back to it and i yeah. love that i i just i love this just <laughs> just her little innocent finger poking his eyeball and it makes that little rubbery squeak and his vision goes and I'm in pieces. It's great. I love it. They, again, that's another one of those characters that they just absolutely got right from the start because she doesn't have any expressions. She's not got a mouth, right? She's just got that pacifier that she sucks on so yeah i mean maggie's eyes don't move either you know they, they're just wide open the whole time unless she's asleep you know there's no there's no changing in her expression but with that she can do so much and like she because of that she appears to be incredibly knowing and intelligent and you know i think she's she's lisa jr and she well not lisa jr but like mini lisa from the very start she's she sees a situation and dispatches it with absolute, you know, certainty. And the kids are all looking at Homer and they're all kind of trying to work out if he's okay or what's wrong with him. And Maggie's just like, well, I know how to find out if he's going to respond or not. I'll just poke him in the eye. (laughs) I mean, Maggie is, is, she's definitely always been one of my favorite characters as well. And there's, there's, there's some great Maggie episodes later on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, like yeah, we've said it time and time again. It's just nice when they, right from the beginning, you just feel like they nailed it. They knew exactly what they wanted this character to be, and they yeah. absolutely nailed it. Right. So, rating out of eight. So I'm going to give this episode. I'm going to give it a six out of eight. Same score I gave the Christmas episode. Um, I mean, again, I touched on it last time. I there are there are episodes that I love, love like. Oh, absolutely adore Simpsons episodes, classics, and I, I'm I'm reserving my sevens and eights for that. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's yeah. not going to happen until we get to sort of series two, series three, you know. Um, but this, I mean, this was one of those Simpsons episodes where you go if you wanted to show someone an episode and for them to understand everything that the simpsons was about what the level of humor was like what the the dark and and light of the show how that worked and who all the characters were and everything with the exception of Marge, as we've touched on and this is one of those episodes that i'd probably show them yeah yeah it does so much you know i think as you touched on it's it is a complete episode isn't it it does have everything in it it has exactly what you come to expect and it's it's clearly a formative one so it has that kind of innocence to it as well which is um yeah you can you can kind of empathize with the show with this um this episode but uh yeah it's wicked i mean i think also as you've touched on we probably went a bit hard on the um the big scores straight out of the gate because you know like the those first two episodes there's we had a wave of nostalgia and we were just like oh yeah the simpsons but really you know those first two they're they're so formative and like watching this one now especially and you look back and go yeah this this is proper now you know this is getting to what we we really love about the simpsons but uh yeah i think six is a a very fair score because it you know it does have so much so much more than those first two episodes is that is that the score you're going to give it as well it certainly is mike i'm i'm not imaginative in the slightest (laughs) so um thanks no you're welcome you're welcome i do what i can for you buddy um, talking of being unimaginative, moving on to our feature for this week. Um, I'm not going to take credit for this, but I'm going to announce it. Um, we're going to have a, a little talk about who out of the characters that we've seen in the show so far has evolved the most over the lifespan of the show. What's your uh, first thought, Michael? I mean, if we're basing it on the three episodes that we've seen so far, um, then I think... I think it's hard to pick another character other than Marge, who in later series, she is, she is equal to Homer in every way. You know, she is, she is the intelligence to his stupidity. She is the compassion to his insensitivity. And, and you understand in, in later series why they work so well together as a pair. Mm. And I think at this particular moment, she's just not there yet. And I think, I think a part of it, I think Matt, 
Matt Groening when he came up with the idea of the show. I, I, my understanding is is that it was based around his relationship with his father, right? Um, which I think is why Bart and Homer are kind of the main protagonists throughout the show because it, it's kind of I don't want to say autobiographical because that would probably be a bit of a stretch. Um, mm. But I, I think that Matt Groening's sisters are called Lisa and Maggie. Um, really? Yeah, I believe so. And I, I, I can't, mm. I'm trying to remember whether I'm not. I can't remember whether Matt Groening's dad is actually called Homer. Oh, he's Do you want to Google it? I will. I'm going to Google it. If you could uh, cue me up, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> so I can confirm that Matt Groening's dad was actually called Homer Philip Groening. Groening? Groening? Groening. And he was, a, yeah, a filmmaker. Nice. And cartoonist, actually, which is interesting. So, and this is one of the, uh, I think it was from one of the sort of special feature things when when uh, The Simpsons went from BBC Two to Channel Four. They did this whole kind of um, where The Simpsons originated from and and how it evolved and whatnot. And one of the things was that they they discussed that the names of the characters came from Matt Groening's family members. I'm just reading on uh, on Google right now that uh, Matt Groening's mother, her maiden name was Wiggum. Ah. Which wow. is interesting and okay. somewhat insulting, yeah. <laughs> given uh, who those characters are in the show. But yeah, interesting I, nuggets. Yeah, like so it. there you go. So I, 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 it makes sense to me why why Homer and Bart are so prominent within, particularly within this first series, because you know the whole the whole uh, origin of the show is based around again, as is my understanding, uh, Matt and his relationship with his father. Hmm. So. That's not overly surprising, um, but I, I think I've just always been surprised watching these back. Just how little Marge does, really. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah, I think yeah. I love where she ends up. Some of the some of the later stuff that she does, I think, is great. She is she is a great character. Um, she's yeah. just not quite there yet for me. No, I um, when we talk about Marge in these early episodes, I'm I'm always reminded of that episode where it's kind of Thelma and Louise. <laughs> rip-off storyline yeah yep. that episode is so fantastic yeah i think you know even that one is probably not marge as she becomes but it, it's so good and you look at an episode like that and you're just like you could do so much more with this character i think you know at this early stage they were really banking on bart and homer being the marketable ones as well i mean like it's, it sounds horrible but it's easier to market a big dumb stupid man than it is essentially a housewife and again i think it's a sign of the times you probably wouldn't write a character like that these days but in those early episodes they knew they could sell things with bart simpson on them because he was a troublemaker he's a an outlaw i guess um and so you know you can just slap a toy together and people will want that whereas if you put a marge toy together it'd just be like what's this you know while you were talking then i was trying to think you had a little sleep <laughs> <laughs> and then i woke up and i thought we, we've learned quite a lot about homer and bart even lisa and maggie what have we actually learned about marge other than you know she wrote that letter in the first in the first episode to her family and you kind of uh, she's sort of trying to portray this idyllic family life to her relatives and sort of do that sort of traditional christmas letter thing Mm. But other than that, you know, we 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 know that she has two sisters. Yeah, that's it. We don't. I mean, you said you know she's a housewife, and I was sort of thinking, well, we have to assume that because we haven't had any evidence to the contrary. You know, we we now know that she used to be a a I don't know what you, what do they call it with the with the roller skates and the food delivery people roller a waitress. Yeah, nice nice work. Yeah, roller waitress. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But but that's you know there's there's so little that we've learnt about her and I think we we know that there is so much more to come and I mean, I'm thinking probably one of the most memorable and best episodes of The Simpsons that has ever been is Marge versus the monorail yeah <laughs> and it's a Marge episode and and that to me it just says just how far she has come as a character to go Definitely. from this to being yeah. the title character in an episode and it's one of the most loved episodes ever certainly is i've got a springfield monorail t-shirt precisely i mean i think just just as a, a small point of um devil's advocacy for the the writers what you do learn about marge in these very early episodes is that she's incredibly loving and you know has the most pure heart in the family in this episode when home is looking for some beer 
he he finds a cake and it's you know it's clearly been made by Marge, isn't it? Really, it's not going to have been made by Lisa or Bart. And it says, um, what does it say in it? It's like, "Don't give up, Daddy. We love you," yeah. or something like that. And that is just the most gorgeous thing that they really didn't have to put in, you know. But I think that that does give you a flavour of where Marge is is as a character, you know, like who she is, even though she's not fleshed out at all, you know. And like you're right to say that she gets so much better as the episodes go on and the seasons go on. But I do like the fact that they did at least introduce that fact in in there there's no doubt that she's a sweet and a loving mother and a, and a wife you know and she's a, a good character you know there's not an ounce of evil in her i mean i think that does evolve a little bit over time as well um i'm thinking of a particular halloween episode which i'm not sure you've seen because i remember telling you the, the uh the line that came out of her mouth i think it's like season 20 or something but We'll get to that another time. Well, I'm, I'm but, uh, thinking of an episode where, uh, isn't there a babysitter called Becky? And Marge comes home and like all she wants to do is just tell Becky off. And she just walks in and goes, shut up, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> but I mean, you'd kind of suggest that maybe that's because Marge doesn't have anything else to get sort of angry about because her world is kept so small in The Simpsons. That makes sense. It's just like she feels somebody muscling in on her territory, which is the house, and um, and like looking after the kids and, and that stuff, and and can't take it. So in in a way, that I guess is reflective of what you're saying about Marge. You know, generally, especially in the early episodes. What I'm saying is is a compliment to the writers. I think that they they recognised at some point that Marge needed to be bigger than she was, and they started giving her more to do, and she became a much, much bigger character. And I think, I mean, it, to me, it's not a criticism to to say that she's the one who's evolved the most. I think it's a credit to the team that, that she did. I think, um, you know, the, the changing times and everything, and it, it was important to have strong female characters as well as the strong male characters. And Lisa was, you know, a pretty good role model right from the off for, for young girls. Um, yeah. And I think that they they potentially recognised that that was a weakness and wrote accordingly. So I think I think it's yeah to me it's not it's not a criticism to suggest that Marge is a bit weak in the early episodes. I think it's merely a it's an observation on my part. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think it's it's a testament to to the quality of the writing just to to see how far she's actually come. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that totally. I think, I mean, the other, the other character that I wanted to mention in this was um, was Homer as well, and it seems ridiculous because he's done so much in these first few episodes already. But what we were talking about before about Homer, Homer and his brain, I guess, and the, the way Homer approaches things is that he becomes so much more stupid over the, the seasons. And I don't know if stupid's the right word. He's just ignorant. But like in these early episodes, when he's dealing with Burns at the end of this episode, where he's kind of negotiating his return to the, the power plant. <laughs> I'm hoping stuff. he did negotiating in that speech box there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, like the, the thing is that what he says when he's when he's talking to him, he says like, I'm going to use every minute of my spare time to fight this cause. And then he says... But I suppose, actually, if you gave me a job back, I'd have less free time. And it's actually a very, you know, it's quite an insightful yeah. thing to say for anybody. You know, like it it comes across as a bit dumb, but that thought process is really quite well evolved. And I think that wouldn't work so well in later series of The, the Simpsons. And he, he does become a big, dumb animal, really, um, as time goes on. And then the other thing about that was when he's leaving the garden with his boulder and he oils the gate, you know, think <laughs> it, it does kind of show a bit of stupidity, but it also shows quite a lot of care and attention. And I think that that leaves the character over time. He's certainly different later on, but I think certainly in terms of actual character of evolve, evolvement, evolution. Nice. Wow. Swish. Um, <laughs> you better say something quick or they'll think you're stupid. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Good God. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the you know, the, the most evolution from these first episodes absolutely is Marge. And I don't think that's disputable. So uh, kudos, kodos. I think we could revisit this one in uh, in a few episodes time, maybe, or a few series time, maybe. And we can discuss uh, other characters, non-Simpsons non, non -Simpsons characters, non-core member characters. 
just yeah. to uh, I think I think there are some other characters who are sort of background characters at the moment and we touched on it in the very first episode we did with Barney and how you know he's 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 a bit of a lout really isn't he he becomes Homer's best friend in later episodes um and that's what we were still seeing him as in this in that first episode yeah 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 um so I think it's I think there's other other sort of secondary and tertiary characters who uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they evolve as well, and I think we could touch on that in a in another episode. Uh, but I think for now, it's uh, it's been a long one, John. Let's let's wrap it. Yeah. So thanks very much for, for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with the next episode of Him and I on Springfield. Peace out. Most tavern. Hold on, I'll check. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute.